Wow. Why don't we give a hand to the media team, to all our volunteers who've been serving every week to make our church weekend service possible. We thank you. Even those of you who are online, our online engagement team, we want to thank you for serving. And just as we were going through worship, there was someone in the chat online that actually uh, put a prayer request out there for her dad. And immediately we see members after members praying on the chat for her. So we are one church. We are a body of Christ and we are here together. So why don't we give God a praise again and thank Him that this morning we can gather here to worship freely. Very good morning to you. And I'm glad that you are here. And I believe that God wants to speak to you today. For some of us, this may be your first few experiences with us, joining us. And we want to extend a very warm welcome to you. Today, we are on the sixth installment of the collection of messages on the book of Exodus entitled Breaking the Circuit. Similar to what we experienced last year in Circuit Breaker, where our nation sort of like went into a state of emergency. And I want to encourage you that all our messages are actually available online on YouTube or podcast. And all you need to do is just search for Grace Assembly of God and you'll be able to access them. In the previous message, Pastor Wilson shared from Exodus 4. And he talked about how when God calls us, He will provide what we need and lack. So we can trust in God to provide despite our inadequacies. And on that note, I want to personally encourage all of us, whether we are be at home behind the screen or here in person, I want to encourage you to step up and serve, to take the next step of your faith to serve. Because Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And for the longest time, you know, maybe for a year and a half, we've been behind the screens watching and engaging. But now is the time that we can start to serve and rise up to serve. So make that decision, take the step of faith, to serve, all right? You and I, we are all created uniquely by God to make a difference. So click on the link, go to graceaog.org slash serve to sign up and partner with us to build the church and reach our community. Now today, given the climate that we are in, I believe that there are probably many of us struggling in our lives today. And the struggles that we face are real. It is real. Sometimes when we pray, we expect quick answers or fast resolutions to our prayers, to our struggles. And often these answers to our prayers don't seem to come fast enough. So the question is, how then? How then do we navigate through life when things seem to get from bad to worse? As we follow the story in Exodus, the people of Israel too, they did not get an immediate victory in their struggle for freedom. In the last few verses of Exodus 4, the elders of Israel had witnessed the power of God over Moses and Aaron and they bowed before God and worshipped Him. And now it's time for them to make the first move to confront Pharaoh. But we soon realised that this was no straightforward or smooth ex encounter with Pharaoh. The people of Israel will soon experience an even greater difficulty and be plunged into a state of emergency. So this leads us to the big idea for today's message and it says the path to God's deliverance is not always smooth. It may get worse before it gets better. So we start in Exodus 5. If you have your Bible apps with you or your physical Bibles, let's turn to Exodus 5 verse 1. It says, Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Let my people go. 
so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? Who is Yahweh? That I should obey his voice and let Israel go. I do not know the Lord and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Then he said, The God of Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Get back to your burdens. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now many, and you make them rest for their burdens? So you, first thing we see is that Israel faced rejection. And the drama begins. God confronted Pharaoh through Moses and Aaron. It wasn't Moses saying, to Pharaoh, let my people go. It was actually God himself, Yahweh, saying to Pharaoh, these people are mine. They belong to me. Release them right now because they deserve freedom. But Pharaoh responded to God with, who is Yahweh? Who is the Lord? How could Pharaoh respond with such audacity? And the reality is this, because Pharaoh was not just a leader of a state, like a president. He was actually Horus, a god of the Egyptians, and he had no experience with Yahweh. If Pharaoh knew who Yahweh was, how powerful and how great the I Am was, then maybe, maybe he would have let the people go. But this was a battle that's beyond just Pharaoh and Moses. This was a battle that's between Yahweh and the gods of Egypt. Shocked that Pharaoh rejected them, Moses reiterated that Yahweh met with him to request for the release of his people. This time to take a three days journey to worship God in the wilderness. But wait a minute. Was not God's intention for the Israelites to leave completely and enter the promised land? Was Moses trying to deceive Pharaoh? Well, not at all. Because it's known in those days that slaves were actually allowed to take breaks to go and worship their gods. But Pharaoh here rejected even the slightest request from Moses. So what this shows us is that Pharaoh had a hardness of heart. We continue in verse 6, it says, That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. But require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out. Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. Wow, at first, Israel faced rejection. But now they faced an even greater oppression. Pharaoh saw their request for three days off as a huge waste of time, of working time. And he wanted to punish them for making this ridiculous request by giving them more work. So to make matters worse, Pharaoh commanded that the Israelites must make bricks, but without any straw given. Why was this straw so important? History tells us that the straw had an acidic content that was key to making the bricks stronger and prevented shrinking or cracking and loss of shape. And in the past, the, the Egyptians would provide the straw for the Israelite slaves. But now Pharaoh was saying he was forcing them to gather their own straw which means more time will be required to make bricks. 
Verse 10 says this, Then the slave drivers and the overseers went out and said to the people, This is what Pharaoh says, I will not give you any more straw. Go and get your own straw wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced at all. We jump to verse 14. It says, And Pharaoh's slave drivers beat the Israelite overseers they had appointed, demanding, Why haven't you met your quota of bricks yesterday or today as before? Things became worse for them. While Moses and Aaron came up to Pharaoh early in the chapter to confront him by saying, This is what Yahweh says. Pharaoh in turn instructed his slave drivers to pass this message back to the Israelites. This is what Pharaoh says. What a mockery to God and His people. And now the people were forced to gather their own stubble instead of using the straw. They had to complete the work with lesser time and with lousier ingredients. On top of that, they were beaten for not meeting the daily quota. More bricks, no straw. Verse 15 says this, Then the Israelite overseers went and appealed to Pharaoh, Why have you treated your servants this way? Your servants are given no straw, yet we are told, Make bricks! Your servants are being beaten, but the fault is with your own people. Pharaoh said, Lazy! That's what you are. You are lazy. That is why you keep saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You will not be given any straw, yet you must produce your full quota of bricks. The Israelite overseers realized that they were in trouble when they were told, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required of you for each day. So ironic. Somehow, the Israelites overseers thought that there must have been a misunderstanding somewhere along the line. So they decided to take it up with Pharaoh directly and, and they thought maybe Pharaoh can sort this out for us. Maybe he can bring a solution to this. And the first thing I want you to know is how do we navigate when life seems to get from bad to worse? The first thing is this, to choose freedom in Christ over familiarity to our past. Choose freedom in Christ over familiarity to our past. Do you see the irony of this situation? The Israelites were in this predicament because of Pharaoh. He was the evil person who put this on them. Yet the thing they did was not to cry out to God, nor was it to approach Moses or Aaron. The thing they did was to go back to Pharaoh and ask for help. Did they forget that Pharaoh tried to kill them and suppress them as the growth of a nation? Did they forget that their circumstances were created by Pharaoh himself? And the truth was, they had been slaves for many years. And Pharaoh was the person they were most familiar with. And at the first sign of trouble, they ran back to what was familiar. They ran back to Pharaoh. Rather than seeking for freedom, they were actually renegotiating their terms of captivity. Isn't this similar for us today? And many times for myself, when I knew that God has spoken clearly, and His promises were true. Yet the moment things got worse, my natural inclination and natural response was not to cry out to God, was not to go to my pastors and, and, or my community to ask them to pray with me. But for me, it was to go back to what was familiar. And that was pride or to be in control of my life. And for some of us, it could be some form of addiction that we are in. Or that thing that you turn to whenever you need an escape. For others, it could be running back to complacency or comfort. See, that's, that's what sin does. It holds us captive. 
The moment things go south, we crawl back to what's familiar and what we are enslaved to. The Israelites thought that Pharaoh could be the solution. But what is familiar to you may not be your friend. Pharaoh was the problem, not the solution. And likewise, sin is always the problem. It will never be the solution. And no human could ever fix this. Only the divine power of God could fix it. In the same way that the Israelites were oppressed by Pharaoh to make bricks without straw, we too have a slave driver who forces us to make bricks without straw. That's our sinful nature, the harshest slave driver. It forces us to be so thirsty, yet never truly satisfied. Take lust for example. The more one indulges in lust, the less happy one becomes, yet craving for more of it, or greed for that matter. The more one's, one wants to get more, you know, receive more and get more, but the less content one feels, yet always constantly seeking for more of it. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. See, this is the very nature of sin. It demands more from us, but, giving us, but it gives us the worst returns. God wanted to bring freedom to His people, but Pharaoh wanted them to remain in captivity. God wanted to release them to rest and to worship in Him. But Pharaoh wanted them to work even harder with lesser resource. See, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's no other solution to this sinful nature apart from Christ Himself. Hebrews 2 verse 15 says this, Jesus came to free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Some of us today, we are suffocating from the struggles that we are facing. And the life we, we want is actually determined by the lifestyles that we have. So stop going back to what's familiar that holds us captive. Receive the gift of salvation and freedom in Christ Jesus. Come to Jesus in prayer and ask Him to release us from the familiarity of our past. Choose freedom in Christ Jesus. The second thing is this, we need to focus on God instead of fixating on the struggle. We need to focus on God instead of fixating on the struggle. Our present struggle does not determine our future story. What we focus on becomes magnified over our lives. And all of us face different struggles in our lives and they are very real to us. But if our focus is only on the struggle, then these struggles will always, be the, will always take the center stage in our lives. The problem for the Israelites and for us today happens when we allow our circumstances to define God's character and intent for our lives. Rather than allowing God's character and intent to define our circumstances, no wonder we feel stuck in our lives. Some of us, we feel stuck in our faith or stuck in our relationship with God. And maybe the reason for this is because we have not cleared the test that God had allowed in our lives to grow us. We have been fixated only on the struggles and not on God. The Israelites would probably have thought 
No, didn't God say that He would deliver us? Didn't He promise us that? Why then is everything getting from bad to worse? God allowed it to happen so that He could test and stretch them. He wanted them to transit from being slaves to being free. God allowed these things to happen in order to demonstrate a greater glory later on. So I want to encourage us this morning that God, He was still working then, even though everything seemed to be falling apart for the Israelites. And today, God is still working in your life, even though right now some of us may be feeling like everything is falling apart. So how do we focus on God? We focus on God by focusing on His character. See, look at the different persons in the Bible. For example, Abraham, you know, God's intention for him was to bless him to have many offspring, as many as the stars and the sand. Yet Abraham was so old, it was impossible for him to have a child. He had to wait for a long time to trust God for a son. And the truth is this, the reality we read right now today is that God provided for Abraham in the impossible circumstances. God was his provider. What about Joseph? God gave him a dream that his family will bow down to him, that he will be elevated to a high status. Yet Joseph had to go through different trials and struggles, ranging from bad to worse. But God protected him through every difficult moment. And the Bible says that the Lord was with him and blessed him. And he was able to experience the dream many years later. You know, for myself, I was at the tail end of my uni studies one day and I remember I was studying in Australia and things were opening up for me. You know, I, I felt God was calling me to go full-time in Australia. I thought that I'm going to settle down there and live there for the rest of my life. And then one day I received a phone call from my mom that told me that my dad had collapsed from a heart attack while playing a sport. He collapsed, he was on the way to the hospital and in 15 to 20 minutes, I received another call that he passed away. And I was shocked. I was in Australia, I took the next flight out, it was in the middle of the night, I flew back and while I was on the way back, I was thinking, God, why is this happening? Didn't you say that you called me here? Didn't I, I, I hear you correctly? You know that I was going to probably go full-time there and, and spend the rest of my life in Australia. Why did this have to happen? And of all things, my dad, the person whom I'm close to, passed away. Why do you have to take my dad away from me? And the last time I spoke to my dad was about a month before, on the phone, just updating him about my life. Next thing I know, I'm back in Singapore. And the last time I saw my dad was actually in a mob behind a glass screen with his body on a trolley, just to say that that's my father. It was so painful. There's so much grief that I was going through. There's so much pain and struggle that I was in. And I remember I was just coming to God and just so uncertain about everything that was happening in my life that I, I, I had no idea what to do. But I remember meditating on this verse in Psalm 73 verse 26. It says this, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I kept meditating on this verse. And one day I got up in the morning, I just took my guitar and just began to worship God in the midst of all the uncertainty. You know, those mornings where you wake up and you just feel like, this is such a horrible day. I don't know where this is going to go. God, I don't even know where you are. 
It's so painful. It's so uncertain. But I, I'm just going to trust and worship you in the midst of this pain, in the midst of this struggle. And there was a song that I was singing then. The lyrics goes like this. You are the strength of my life, Lord. It doesn't matter what may come my way. You are the strength of my life, Lord. I'm holding on to you. I'm holding on to you. When I began to focus on God's character, I experienced God's comfort, His peace, His hope in the middle of my struggle, in the middle of that pain, in the middle of that grief. I knew I was not alone. I knew that God was still faithful even though everything around me was uncertain and falling apart. And maybe today you're in a similar situation. Maybe you lost something important to you. Or maybe you've lost someone close to your heart and you may not know why it happened and you wished it never happened. But I want to encourage us today that God is still in control. Everything is still according to God's plan. So focus on God's character. He is your provider. He is your protector. He is your deliverer. And He is faithful even when things go wrong. Would you type in the chat and say, God is faithful. God is faithful. See, though our heart and flesh may fail, God is our strength and our portion forever. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, coming back to the story in Exodus 5, verse 20, it says this, When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, May the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord? Why have you brought this trouble on your people? Is this why you have sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on his people and you have not rescued your people at all. See, the Hebrew definition for found, when they found Moses and Aaron, actually means to pounce or attack. The Israelite overseers were furious with Moses and Aaron. They blamed Moses and Aaron for making them a stench to Pharaoh, for putting a sword in their hands to kill the Israelites. The Israelites were fixated on the struggle. The faith and excitement of how they witnessed God's power in Exodus 4 had disappeared the moment things got worse for them. And now in this state of emergency, instead of crying out to God, they blamed the very person that was sent to help them. Imagine Moses' frustration. He could have given up on the spot and it felt as though God was silent and he disappeared in those moments. Yet Moses did not run away or did he give up. He went straight back to God to pour his heart out to him. So focus on God. When we say we focus on God, we, we come before Him and bring our struggles to God. Go to Him. Talk to our Lord Jesus Christ. Pour your heart out to Him. Stop blaming the circumstances or people around us and start bringing our struggles to God. Just as Moses asked Yahweh, why? Why, Lord? We too can come to God asking, why, God? Why is this happening? Why are things going south. The beautiful thing about God is this, that He is big enough to let us ask these questions. In fact, 
God does not respond by scolding or berating us for asking. But the Bible says that He listens and He hears us. See, when we choose to focus on God and His character and bring our struggles to Him, we acknowledge God's authority over our lives. The third point is this, persevere instead of taking the easy path. Persevere instead of taking the easy path. The culture we live in today pushes us to choose the path of least resistance. There's a constant drive for pursuing an easy and comfortable life while on this earth. And for those of us who experience suffering, difficulty or discomfort, we are looked upon as the odd ones out. You know, people may think that something is wrong with you if you're experiencing too much trouble. And it gets worse when as believers, we experience suffering for our obedience. Take Moses, for example. Even though he was obedient to God, things became worse. It became bad to worse. The Israelites faced even greater oppression and suffering. Yet this did not shake God's plan for deliverance for the people. In fact, Yahweh was using this intensified struggle as a setup for Him to reveal His power. So I want to encourage us this morning, don't be surprised when people reject you or God's plan over your life. Don't be surprised when people despise the message that you carry. Don't be surprised when you face suffering and trials of different kinds. Don't be surprised by all these things. Because our Lord Jesus Christ, He was rejected. He was despised and oppressed by the very people that He came to save. Our Lord Jesus Christ experienced suffering and trials of different kinds, even to the point of death. See, suffering is one of the marks of a true disciple of Christ. Jesus never preached about having an, leading an easy life. He never, talked to, he never preached about uh, just come and have a comfortable life, you know, everything will be good and, and smooth and well. He talked about the narrow and difficult path. He told the disciples that they would face rejection and persecution. He promised us that we would face trouble in John 16, 33. Romans 5, 3-4 says, But we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. There is a purpose for the pain and the problems that we are facing today. Suffering produces perseverance. And as we persevere, it shapes our character and it produces hope. It, help us to, it helps us to grow, to mature, to become more like Christ. So how, how do we persevere? In the military, there's this weapon called the RPG. Okay, ladies, don't switch off. It's called the rocket-propelled grenade. It's a handheld grenade launcher that destroys a target. And similarly, in the disciples' life, we too have the RPG. That's in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. It says, Rejoice always. Pray unceasingly. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So remember to take out your RPG when you face trouble. Because we need to rejoice always. In every season, good or bad, we rejoice in God. Pray without ceasing. Make prayer our lifestyle. Have a constant conversation with God throughout the day and bring our struggles to Him. Join with others and pray together with others in our church prayer meetings. 
Give thanks in all circumstances, even though life may be difficult, unfair or unjust to us. We give thanks because of who God is. Because He is faithful and He will never leave us nor forsake us. Through your rejoicing, praying and giving thanks, you are using the RPG to destroy every disappointment and every despair that comes your way. For the Israelites, they plunged into a state of emergency when things got worse. And for some of us today, we are facing a similar situation. Our soul is in a state of emergency. No matter what we try to do, nothing seems to be right. Because the truth is this, only someone with divine power is able to deliver us. And this person is Jesus Christ. Jesus, who is fully God, yet fully man, came and experienced all kinds of pain and suffering on our behalf. And just like what we've read about today, about Moses and the Israelites, things only became worse for Christ Jesus. Jesus was betrayed. He was tortured, brutally whipped. Jesus was crucified on the cross and while on the cross, He too cried out to God. Quoting Psalm 22, but God was silent in the moments of pain and suffering. See, even for our Lord Jesus Christ, the path to God's deliverance was not always smooth. It got worse before it became better. Jesus had to die in order to be raised back to life. His resurrection meant that He had overcome sin and death to bring freedom into our lives today. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage us. Jesus Christ is our role model. He's our model to follow when He chose to persevere instead of taking the easy path. And because Jesus Christ lives, we can face tomorrow. Because He lives, we can face tomorrow. So how do we navigate life when things seem to get worse? Choose freedom in Christ over familiarity to our past. Focus on God instead of fixating on the struggle. Persevere instead of taking the easy path. Maybe some of us can relate to the Israelites and what they went through. We thought that God was going to deliver us straight away. But the things that we are facing in our lives only seem to get from bad to worse. It feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And the struggle is so real. So whether you're listening in on the move, watching online or on demand, or in person here, gathering here, I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today. And I want to pray for three groups of people. The first group of people are those of us when trouble hits, we go back to what's familiar in our past. We go back to what's familiar in our past. Across this room right now, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I want to address this group of people. If that is you, if you've been going back to what's familiar in your past and you're stuck in sin, in your pride, in your addiction, in your complacency or the comfort that you're in, 
And today you want to experience that true freedom in Christ Jesus, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. If that is you across this room, could you just slip up your hand right now? I can see it and I will pray for you. Across this place right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for lifting up your hands. Online as well, if that is you, would you respond by clicking on the emoji? If that is you, click and respond on the emoji right now. If you say, I want to stop going back to my past. I don't want to be stuck in the familiarity of my past. Click on the emoji and respond right now. Across this room, all hands. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. You may put it down. The second group of people that I want to pray for are those of us who have been too fixated on the struggle. You know, the language of our lives keep magnifying the problems, the struggles more than God Himself. We realize that our outlook is so negative. We keep talking about the problem. We never talk about God. And today you say, I want to focus on God. I want to shift my focus on God. The Holy Spirit is telling you right now, it's time for you to shift your attention and your affection to Christ Jesus. If that is you, heads bowed, eyes closed. Across this room, you say, I want to focus on God. Lift up your hand right now, wherever you are. I choose to focus on God. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Online as well, if that is you, would you respond by clicking on the emoji? I choose to focus on God. Thank you. And the third group that we want to pray for today are those of us who have always been taking the easy path. When we face struggles in our lives, we choose the easy way out, the most comfortable, the path of least resistance. And today, the Holy Spirit is saying, it's time for us to step up in faith, to persevere just like Christ Jesus, to persevere instead of taking the easy path. Whether it's at work or in your family, on your army camp or on your campus, wherever you are, when you face some form of trouble, it's time to persevere. If that is you, would you lift up your hands right now across this room? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Online as well, respond by clicking the emoji. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for responding. Thank you. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Thank you, Lord. Stop living in the past. Stop fixating on the struggles and stop taking the easy path. Today, let's choose freedom in Christ. Let's choose to focus on God and choose to persevere through our struggles. Heavenly Father, you saw the hands that were raised the people that have responded online, and maybe for some of us who are listening or watching on demand, God, you see our response wherever we are. As we come before you, Lord, we say we need your strength. You are the strength and our portion forever. For those of us who are in pain or in grief right now and struggling and, and just finding it so difficult, well, Lord, would you let your spirit come into our lives, let your peace and your comfort and your hope Fill our lives right now in the midst of whatever we are experiencing. God, I pray that we will be a generation of believers, of followers of Christ that say, Lord, we choose You. We choose to focus on You. We choose Your freedom. We choose to persevere because Christ persevered. So Lord, would You anoint us? Would You give us a strength in our lives as we go off from here, as we go into our daily lives? God, we know that we will face different kinds of struggles in the road ahead, Lord. But Lord, we know that Your Holy Spirit is in us. We know that You are the strength of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen.